Kobe Bryant was talking about in his book, but people don't understand when they see a success, not only all the work that got put into it, but who helped them along their journey. And it takes literally a tribe of people, of your best friends, your family members, your support system gets you to that level of success. So behind every successful person is hundreds of people that played a part that you don't even get to see that sacrificed their time, that put in that extra bit of effort, that made that connection for that person. This is for the others out there the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, we got a great one queued up for you with Dakota Londhair. Dakota is certainly one of the others. He is a new entrepreneur with a burning desire to learn all aspects of life. His curiosity pushes him to ask the hard questions, not only to himself, but to those around him. He's on a mission to build out businesses that he calls his finite games to ultimately fund his infinite game, which is a human performance longevity center. His story takes many twists and turns as they all do. It chronicles career changes, trauma, uncertainty, and a journey of unlearning and relearning his truth. His background includes being a personal trainer at a premier gym in Colorado and running a sales team of 80 consultants at a Fortune 500 company at a very young age and becoming a general manager, a title he always sought out. However, despite his success, he ultimately left it all behind to travel solo to South America after life hit him in the face and made him question everything he thought he knew. We had a great convo talking about his story, dissecting it, digging into how you can really build connection with people and dive conversation past the surface level from the get-go and uh, everything in between. Dakota is truly one of the most present and thoughtful and fun people to be around. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with him. You can give him a follow on Instagram at Dakota Londhair. And if you liked this podcast, check out episode number 109 with Tracy Dews or episode number 51 with Corey Sterling. All right, without further ado, please welcome Dakota Londhair. We got Dakota in the building. What's up, man? Dude, good to see you, man. Great to see you. I'm glad we got this recording. Yes. We like started having the conversation about five times. We just need to hit record. Now we're rolling. Now we can just let the conversation roll. <laughs> yeah, my roommate and I were actually thinking of like, what if your phone could somehow be recording constantly and yeah. then sending like to a, like a cloud source? Ooh. Then when you say like some like crazy sentence or you have this like snippet of just like clarity, you could like type in what that sentence was and then it could find that audio clip 
That'd be sweet. And we're just like, man, like think about all the amazing conversations that we had that weren't recorded. I know. Like, and then if you don't mind the privacy thing, but it's right. like it constantly just gets updated. Well, I think that they're, the iPhones are listening already. Yeah. Do you ever have that happen where you're like, you're talking about something and then an Instagram ad hits you with it? Like, I wonder how much of that is like the psychology of like programming our awareness versus like the phone's actually listening. Yeah, I've heard like two different uh, like people who are on the inside who are like, no, actually, you don't do that. Like, here's like how they go about that algorithm. But then, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist either, but obviously they have the ability to. Right. So if somebody has the ability to and it increases profits, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That follow the money. Like, that's right. I never want to believe that, but it always happens to be true. So and I don't mind people tracking me. They could look at my bank accounts. They could look at my text messages. It's all good. You're an open book, huh? Yeah, 100%. And I, and I got that impression the first time we met, which was why I was really excited to, to get you on the podcast over a year later now. I got it almost I a year and a half later. Yeah. But it's great because we've had a we've had a, a relationship develop in the process. But uh, when we first met, it was, it was like very clearly like, okay, this dude's one of the others. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure within like not even 10 seconds of us introducing ourselves, like you were asking me questions like, how do you view money? And like, what's your what's your life purpose? What's your mission? Are you happy? And I was like, yeah. yo, I love these questions and we need to sit down. Yeah. And talk, yeah, talk. My name is Josh, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I'm nice like, to meet you. I don't mind. I don't care about your purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, that an, is that an approach you've always taken? Tell me a little bit more about that approach when you're meeting people. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting too. Well, f- first of all, surface level conversations, I'm fine with having in some capacity or yeah. setting. Um, but it's not my go-to and I'll mm. only do it out of necessity. Um, but if I'm really wanting to talk to somebody, I have to quickly identify how their brain processes information <laughs> and their perspective. Right. So I immediately ask like these hard hitting questions. <laughs> and then within like, honestly, two to three minutes, you could immediately tell like some, how somebody views the world, how they process yeah. information. And then also the level of self-awareness they have by Mm. when they do say something with conviction, they could also challenge themselves within that conviction, Mm. which is super interesting. And I always kind of look for that in people. Uh, It's it's kind of that concept called like uh, strong opinions loosely held. Right. And I just love that because I am such a person of conviction when Mm -hmm. I speak. So I'm like, here's my flag. But here's all the ways that I could be wrong. And let's talk about that too. I love that. It's like, here's what I believe. And we're also floating on a rock spinning in space. So who knows, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So then, then when I meet people right away too, I just want to like quick get that pulse. I think as we get older, um, I was kind of learning a little bit about this today too. And in my own life, think about when you're younger, how many friends you have. It's like, like when you're in high school, yeah. man, like, okay, I got like a hundred friends. Yeah. And then it's just like, and then you go on to go through different stages and phases of your life and your like really core circle starts to get smaller yep, every year. And then I'm kind of at a point now where I'm like, I definitely don't mind people coming into my core mm-hmm. circle, uh, but they definitely have to be one of the others. Yeah. And I guess to circle back to your question too is that's how I find the others. That's mm. my path. Uh, by asking those questions. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, what advice do you have to people who don't necessarily feel like they have a core circle that supports them? Man, that's a good, well, first of all, um, and I appreciate the questions like this too, and I don't get to have the opportunity to jump on things like this, so yeah. it's always fun to like yeah, yeah, process yeah. information. Right. Uh, the first thing that with people don't have that core is, of course, to find out what you are at your core. Mm. That's the most important piece. And when people are like, man, I'm trying to find myself, 
maybe you take a different approach. Maybe you find out all the things that you're not. So just start experiencing things, right? Go to a painting class, see how the people are there. Go to the rock climbing gym, mm. see how the people are there. Go surfing, see how the people are there. And you'll notice as you go into all of these experiences, when you leave that experience, you either leave that experience with less energy or more energy. And if you leave that experience with more energy, then you're like, what was it about that experience that gave me energy? Because every time we're going through an experience, we actually give out energy. But if we're getting more back in return, then there's something there. And I think as you talk to people, you when you leave that person, you feel a little bit depleted. Um, do you feel like, oh yeah, like that that was a good conversation. I'll probably circle back later. Or are you just like stoked on life? You're like, man, I just hang out with Josh. Like it was awesome. We right. had a great conversation. Like you're driving home and you feel like invigorated. Yeah. You're just like, okay, that could be a core person. Mm. And then uh, that's the path. So really just you have to go out there and experience the world. You have to have the conversations. Um, and then you just have to check in with yourself to be like, did that just give me energy or take it away? Beautiful. It, do it doesn't happen in a vacuum, which I love what you're saying. The suggestions of like, go to a painting class, like go to a rock climbing yeah. gym or go to a workout class. Try something new. I think that's something that we stop doing when we get kind of into the rhythm or routine of work or working out or we kind of get we're, we're creature. We're comfort creatures, right? We, we get into our, our rhythms, which is great. But if you don't have that core circle, that's part of that rhythm. You got to shake it up a little bit to get out there. And and from my perspective, I want to get yours on this. The opportunities are out there just about saying yes to them. Like yep. They're presented. Notice, follow the breadcrumbs. When someone invites you to something, say yes. Instead yeah. of saying no, don't stay in that night. Say yes. Go follow that. I love the movie Yes Man, right? Say yes oh, to that, those things great, yeah. to see where it leads. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? No, I think that's amazing. And uh, sometimes when I talk to people too, I'm like, okay, well, tell me about the experiences you had over the, like the last few months. Tell me one thing uh, new or different that you did. Mm. And a lot of times people have a hard time doing that. And like you said too, there's so many opportunities out there. Like you could just jump online and then find like local things in yeah. your area. Meetup.com. Yeah. Even, yeah, there's like, tons. Okay, like I took pottery class. Then I, then I went and I actually did some painting myself too. It wasn't too great, but it was, it was reasonable. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't give me that much energy, but I'll always experience everything. Uh, I went the other night, I went roller skating and not like rollerblading. I mean like roller skates. And uh, I've, I've only rollerbladed before. And that was like in my childhood. Somebody's like, hey, do you want to go ro to the roller skate rink? like this like kind of like 80s rink style yeah, yeah. thing and i was just like yeah of course and they're like oh do you skate and i'm like no but i'll figure it out yeah and i had a great time so we we're just like roller skating and then going to like breathwork classes with Amazing. people meditation circles sound baths mm -hmm. people are like oh okay like you love those things i'm like i'm experiencing those things and i'm finding out through the process if i love it so so good yeah. so what's one of the questions that you like asking or a few of the questions you like asking off the bat that are past surface level to really get to know someone yeah um it was funny when you said that too that like corporate questions came to yeah, mind yeah, too yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like tell me about a time that you failed to deliver on a but, key objective <laughs> some of the intention behind those i think are great though yeah. right what okay so here's a really cool thing just to riff a little bit Let's sidebar for everyone who's listening to this is what we do all the time when we talk. <laughs> Stop. We'll talk about aliens in like 30 yeah, exactly. seconds. <laughs> um, so in, in the corporate setting, here's something that I learned is how to structure your communication style. So when they ask a loaded question to like, tell me about a time that you failed to deliver on a key project due to your lack of organizational skills and teamwork. Mm. 
you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I have to be very specific here. So first of all, what you do is you reiterate reiterate the question uh, and how you answer. So I could recall a time that I was, and then you go into your answer. Mm-hmm. But what they're looking for is everything in star format, uh, at least from the hmm. fortune company that I'm from. So star is S-T-A-R, situation, task, action, result. Hmm. So as you're telling that story, all you have to do is you have to re-say the question, then you have to say, here was a specific situation in which I was uh, to handle this exact objective. And then the tasks associated with that objective were X, Y, and Z. And the direct action that I took was this. And as a result of it, this is what happened, Mm. either a desirable outcome or a poor outcome. And then you give your key takeaway. And every question is, you just give it like that. And then I ended up just doing that in my life. Mm. Just I do a lot of things in star format and it's really helped my communication style. That's great. Yeah. So anybody who wants to use star. I feel like that's that that's a valuable like (laughs) class to take on communication. Yes. Yeah. And you got that. Where was that at? Was that a CarMax? Where was that? Yeah, it's at CarMax. CarMax. Yeah. So I ran that uh, sales division for like half a decade. Right. And they would send me around to the US to do all these learnings Mm -hmm. um, and just spent tons of money back into their uh, employees. And at the time. Of course, I was learning it all, but I was just like, oh, like, whatever, like, who cares? And then when I went out into this other world of like entrepreneurship too, making sure that you have specific communication styles Mm -hmm. that you can convey a key message that you understand takeaways from your actions and your results, Mm. like that was huge. Totally. And I think that there's, there's a level of awareness that you have to have situational awareness and self-awareness you have to have to be able to communicate in a style like that. That's why I love journaling and I love doing podcasts or things like this or or things that force me to communicate, like t- telling stories clearly, because yeah. you have to communicate in that way. When you tell a story, that's what you're doing when you're telling a story. Yeah, right. Exactly. hundred percent. When you're telling a story too, there has to be this structure that you follow. There's an arc. Yeah. And everything, every movie you've read, every story you've read has that arc. Um, so then when you see like something and you see like, man, that's like magic, like that movie or that story. But then when you double click on it, you see like, oh, here's all these structural components holding this thing together. Mm. Um, And that's beauty to me is like structures and systems. Mm -hmm. Uh, But full circle back to the question, uh, something I always ask somebody is like a northern compass question um, to find out whatever direction they're heading in to see if there's any alignment to. Uh, The first thing would be it's it's three questions. So uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Mm. And what gets you out of bed in the morning for this question specifically can't be my alarm clock. My job tells me I have to be there at 8 a.m. or I have to get the kids ready. Let's say none of those things existed. Like what propels you to move forward and get going with your life? Like what actually inspires you in some capacity? Um, And then the second question would be, um, which is can be taken in two different ways is, uh, what impact do you want to have on the world? Mm-hmm. And when when I say world, that could be uh, the world at large, or it could be a very small, your world can be your family. Some people want to impact the entire world at scale. Some people's world is right in front of them, right. just in their little community. And that's amazing. But what impact do you want to give back to them? And then the third question would be, how do you define success? Mm. So at the end of the day, uh, how would you define if you're successful? Because it it's so subjective to the individual and I would never sit and tell somebody what success is that is up to them. But when I know how they define it and when I know how they want to make an impact and I know what gets them out of the bed in the morning, man, those are some good questions to start off with. Beautiful. 
and and then you know how you can support them too through those questions i feel like you know how yes. in, in your mind you're probably thinking of of opportunities to connect them connect with them about ideas or to talk with them or questions to ask them yep. of stuff that actually excites them yes exactly and then you could have like a that connection that rapport building mm -hmm. when you're directly speaking to them because you know all these things yep. uh what in lucadia of course because you've been there a lot it's <laughs> kind of this weird pocket of just like this open spiritual people yeah uh we call it dropping in yeah so when you like yeah like, oh yeah i just dropped in with josh <laughs> like essentially what's happening is we're dropping in right <laughs> totally, now totally. Um, <laughs> and then with your drop in how i see drop-ins is like, i love that we come to the table and when I drop in with somebody, I literally flip out all my puzzle pieces on the table. And then you flip out all your puzzle pieces. And then we make pictures and we're like, okay, like <laughs> I'm missing a couple pieces. Here's the picture that I'm trying to make. And you're like, oh my God, I, I actually have those pieces. Or I know one of my friends who has that exact piece that you're looking for. I got to link you guys up. Because I think in life too, we're all trying to help support each other to create our vision and our picture. Right. But if you don't flip those pieces over, I'll never know what's in your box. I love that. Yeah. And those are the you walk away from those conversations when you drop in with someone. For me, it's like it doesn't matter who the person is. You walk away on a high. You walk away feeling energized. Why, why do you think that is? I think a lot of it to do, um, honestly, just like from like first principle standpoint mm -hmm. is uh, a lot with like neurochemistry. Mm. So I think we are um, developed through neurochemistry to be in tribes. And I think when we find similarities of belief systems and how we go about life, mm -hmm. that connects us. And then I think that there's a, a specific neurochemical that gets triggered when we find somebody who turns parts of us on of mm -hmm. like, oh, you could be in my tribe. And then that leaves us that feeling of like, oh, wow, like I feel connected because all we're trying to do, like the worst thing, think about the worst punishment that you could ever do to somebody. Well, first of all, you send them to prison, but then what do you do aside from that? You put them in isolation. You banish them. So the worst thing that you could do is isolate somebody because we're such social creatures. Mm -hmm. And then when we find the others like us, mm -hmm. then that tr it trips this neurochemical mm. to say, we like this. We want this again. And then throughout life, as we do that, we'll build our circles. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think a lot of the things that we do are so directly. And there's there's like this meta look at it. But then a lot of it, too, is just. A chemical i think we're chemical processing plants yeah that are driven through our chemical reactions that we have in mm. the external environment absolutely absolutely yeah. and that that feeling of connection especially now in when people have been locked down and in isolation for several years now like i i feel like the importance of being able to connect with your tribe and to connect with those people that bring you energy and to drop in with people is so important yeah it's so important and when the quarantine first started um everyone was afraid right yeah. everyone was like yeah sheltered in their house right i couldn't see my sister right. i couldn't see my family i was just like this is the worst and i was living alone at the time too i was just like oh my gosh like what am i supposed to do well i'll always in times of adversity i'll always go towards uh exercise and fitness mm. because i just think it's such a good tool so man i was a walking fool i was walking just bagging miles walking yeah. all over i was hitting like two a days when i was working out training thankfully when quarantine shutdown happened i had keys to a gym that's uh, a nice advantage yes yeah, a huge advantage could have uh, sold those keys for a lot of money yeah <laughs> so i'd have like my own like private gym that's that was good. just like epic um but i remember going to a friend's house and we decided to be quarantine buddies it's like i could only see you you could yeah. only see yeah, me yeah. 
And that was like the only thing that kept me going is that like I had a quarantine buddy and we actually had friends across the street and they would like see us in the window, but they weren't a part of the quarantine. We were like, come over, like trying to get them over there. Like we can't. But I was like, man, at least having that one person I could go to at, at, you know, his house at night, we would play like video games and just talk about life. Right. That made it so much easier. So much. So one of the things that I I appreciate and I'm inspired by you is your presence. Like whenever we have a conversation, whenever you're having a conversation with everybody else, I notice that you bring such an element and degree of presence there. And and I think that w- when I hear dropping in, like I love that. And I say that sometimes too, but I'm going to start saying that more consciously yeah. of just like <laughs> dropping in with someone. I, I, to me, that feels like we're going to zone out everything else and we're going to drop in and be super ultra present with each other. Exactly. How do it. you focus on being present and showing up presently for your relationships? Yeah. And I think the the tough thing too is because i'm somewhat of an extremist Mm -hmm. in some capacities with all sorts of areas of life and i find a lot of the others that we find are kind of extremists in their own ways um so sometimes i'll be like kind of really shut off like meaning like i don't want to talk to anyone or i'm like okay i'm ready to like drop in with you yeah um but what i'll do when i actually do drop in with somebody is i'll make sure that i clear my schedule Mm. like that is so important because if my schedule is on my mind like i, I could if sit here for five seconds and think of like the nine million things that i need to do right. that are always on the background but if i drop in i'm consciously telling myself i'm leaving my schedule for this moment mm. and i can get back to that by the end of this conversation mm-hmm. you know we'll we'll go have dinner and have an amazing conversation about business and life and then after that I'll drive home, I'll sit with myself, and then I'll get back into kind of my silo and my work, mm-hmm. and I'll bring all those things back up that I kind of pushed aside for the drop-in. Right. It's almost like just, like just putting a pause on the other things going on. Yeah. And it, it takes a conscious effort to be like, cool, I'm going to pause the inbox, pause the other things, and show up and be focused yep. on on this person here. And of course, like things like eye contact help, mm-hmm. that's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just from like a physical standpoint too, you want to be like open, have contact with the person. Right. Uh, and then also seek to understand that person's perspective too um, and just be really curious about mm-hmm. them. Uh, now this is a little bit flipped, but normally during conversations too, I like to ask a lot of questions right, as well. Right. Because I'm like, I really want to get to learn about yeah. this person. Um, and they'll feel that presence because I'm like, I'm actually trying to learn about you. There's a genuine curiosity, right? Uh, something I've always said is I'm, I'm passionately curious about yes. how everything works from, you know, we share the thing from a systems and operations mindset. Yep. That's the that's what I do for a living. From an operational standpoint, like how does this work? I used to always love the show, like how it's made, like these machines that make yes. these things, like that's so fascinating to me. And and, and how does this person think differently? How does this person approach life? Because we're living in different worlds, even though we might be neighbors. Like, yep. how does it? Like, how does this? How does this work? How does this person work? Yeah. But I feel like that genuine curiosity comes across in those conversations as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, to uh, my my old roommate Jake, who you're good friends with, Absolutely. who linked yeah, us up. Yeah, that's the connector. Shout out, Jake. Yeah. Big shout love. Out. That's that's my guy. I love <laughs> that dude with, with my whole heart. <laughs> yeah. Um. He was, you know, he has a um, podcast called, you know, Curious, yep, which, I, exactly. which I kind of run. And, yep. and he has that curiosity, too, which right. I think like that's why we all connect it. Um, and I think curiosity is what drives us to be lifetime learners. Mm. Um, I always uh, I have this conversation with my mom, too, is just like she's just like, oh, my God, like, how are you doing all these things? And, I, and I'm just telling her, too, like, I just always want to learn more constantly i just want to consume Mm -hmm. knowledge 
to just take in as much as I can. When you're curious about life and when you consume knowledge, there's growth in that. Mm -hmm. And then through growth, you're actually decreasing some level of suffering. And I do believe too, in kind of like that Buddhist, like the marks of existence of like the two marks of existence are um, impermanence and suffering. And you're like, oh, that's grim. But man, I'm telling you right now, everything is impermanent. This moment, mm -hmm. um, people's lives, uh, mm -hmm. which we get to see sometime face to face. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is fleeting and it's just for this moment. So have presence in that moment. Um, and then also the suffering. I wish there was a way around it. I've looked for it in <laughs> every drawer imaginable and I have not figured out a way to completely end suffering. Yeah. There's always a piece of it. And I think that that's just something to be honored. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that I think that's part of our human condition. Like that's part of what makes us human is that there is an element of that. If there's wherever there's suffering, there's also the overcoming of suffering or the opportunity to overcome suffering. Exactly. Right. Which can lead to a lot of fulfillment and a lot of other things. And and just from a personal standpoint, I, I believe that like wherever we go after this and and this our soul, our bigger part of ourself, our mm. non-physical physical part of ourself, like how that exists in a non-time time and space place. Like yeah. there's no suffering there. Like that's different. There's not. There's yeah. not. But in this in this human realm on planet Earth, like we're here to experience it all, to feel it all, to feel the ups and the downs. And we can only feel the ups because we can feel the downs. We Absolutely. can only overcome suffering and feel fulfillment because we know what that tastes like. Yes, exactly. And it's like stages and phases, lessons and blessings. Mm. You know, that's like these, and then it's either you're in the midst of adversity, you just got out of adversity, or you're about to come into right. adversity. Either way, it's coming, yeah. but it's not about the adversity. It's how you react and respond to it. And I like to always connect things uh, to fitness as well, too. Yeah. Like, it's not about the one hour that you work out. It's about your body's reaction to that stressor mm. that makes it advantageous for you. Interesting. So it's never about the stressor. Same with cold plunge. Yep. People are like, are is what's the benefit of the cold plunge and i'm like well while you're actually in it nothing yeah but when you get out of it what your body does as a reaction mm -hmm. to re uh, restore homeostasis and then that done over a long period of time then that creates these uh basically you'll, you'll transform your body in some capacity mm -hmm. that would be advantageous for resilience mm -hmm. for better immune system for better blood circulation right so I, it's never about that stressor or even the meditation isn't about that 10 minutes in the morning. Mm. It's about controlling that nervous system for the rest of the 23 hours of the day. That's brilliant. I've never thought about it that way, but it's so right. It's not the stressor itself. It's the response to that stressor. Yeah. And, and that makes sense from a physiological standpoint, right? It's not tearing the muscle fibers, but it's like the muscle fibers repairing and growing. Right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, okay, if I'm tearing my muscle fiber, that's bad. I'm tearing my body out. Yeah. Right. But then I eat protein. Mm -hmm. I eat amino acids. You know, I have leucine, isoleucine and valine, these branch chain amino acids. They go to build my muscle because basically your, your, uh, muscle filaments will just tear apart on a, uh, um, concentric movement. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're doing like the negative portion of a movement, um, and then when you're doing that, um, or it's actually the eccentric, yeah, eccentric is the mm -hmm. negative. And then it tears apart. You get these amino acids and it builds muscle. But then through the building of muscle, what actually happens is your body's ability to dispose of glucose increases. Mm. Your body's ability, when you can dispose of glucose, then you don't stress out your insulin system as much when you have more muscle mass. So you have better insulin uh, sensitivity, which if you're 
really high uh, muscle content, then you're going to be a lot more sensitive to insulin because basically muscles are like a place for us to store glucose in the form of glycogen. So convert to glycogen, store in the muscle fibers. Right. And then we're going to actually be burning more at rest too. So we're not creating, we're not creating insulin resistance. We're not creating uh, body fat. We're not creating um, uh, internal fat in our organs, which is right. the worst type of fat that you can have. So all these different things are happening from this one little hour workout in your body. All these things start to happen. That's so fascinating. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> so let's 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 dive off that fitness, uh, the fitness jump, uh, diving board for a second. All right, because you have an amazing background and knowledge in this. So tell 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 us a little bit more about your your background in fitness. I know obviously you're you're totally curious about learning about biohacking and human development we'll get into the end game in a bit here too but, oh yeah for but, sure, but, but tell me a little bit or maybe we start at the end game do you want to start at the end game or do you want to talk a little bit more about your evolution for i want to dig into the story a little bit yeah i wonder if we should reverse engineer it yeah. um we could we could talk about it at the end so okay, we'll, we'll okay. walk our way into it but uh so so fitness has always been i guess it like if you like really started was when i was younger um my mom and dad would always work out mm. that was just something that they did was like so weird too is like early childhood development kids will always look at your actions and then not listen to your words mm -hmm. um so pros and cons to that too right so i picked up some you know some bad habits and habitual patterns from my childhood uh development mm -hmm. and the traumas experienced um and who i looked at uh, but also really great things one of them being fitness so remember i would go into the living room and my mom and dad would be like doing dips on the chairs <laughs> wow. and like try set kick so they were fanatics huh yeah it's just like it, it it was like something that they had to do yeah it's like you never you never ignore it fully so and my dad would work construction 10 12 hours a day wow. and he would still get in his workout still to this day he's 60 i drove home uh i was like it was like a saturday this was like a, maybe a couple months ago and he had worked his, you know, 70 hours of construction. And I come back Saturday morning and he's outside in his driveway with a bench doing incline press. And he's just like, oh, hey. And I was like, what are you doing today? He's like, oh, I'm going to go run 10 miles after this. It's just like, <laughs> it's just something that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like what sparked it all. And then uh, through fitness, uh, you know, going into sports, played a little bit of sports in high school, never really stuck with me too much. I enjoyed it, but I never enjoyed it enough to where I was like obsessed with it. Yeah. I meet some people, sports minded people. Yeah. And they're just like, man, breakfast, lunch and dinner. They're like, throwing the football to themselves and they're just like they, they're carrying it around they're like that's them you know totally uh, i loved it but it just didn't have that level to take it to the next level um and then i would work out a lot though because of sports and actually really enjoyed that process and then i would start to get like pretty yoked and then of course people are like man you're so strong and and then they start to like give you like basically rewards through their words right um, about what they see and that just affirms you and then you're like okay this i'm gonna keep doing this and then that over a long time gives you a sense of identity mm. and then and then it was my identity because it's like it's what my parents do i got affirmed by all these people and got all these you know basically compliments so i'm just like okay this is just who i am and it makes me feel better and then as i learned more about the body i went into personal training of course and the cool thing with the personal training that I jumped into is that Lifetime Fitness or Lifetime Athletics. It's like a mega gym, like an Equinox yeah. place. Um, but they were like, okay, here's what we do here. Our staff was amazing, like next level. Mm -hmm. Our personal training staff just at my one location did a quarter million dollars a month 
in PT. Wow. A quarter million a month. How big was the facility? I mean, we probably had like, uh, I would say maybe 35 trainers. Wow. And we're doing like a wow. quarter million. Um, Remarkable. And every single one of the trainers was just, they're just studs. And I'm like, man, they just had all this knowledge. Not only that, but we did blood work to find out micronutrient deficiencies. So good. Yeah, we did uh, cortisol testing to so find good. best times to work out for mm -hmm. your body. Uh, we did full um, uh, food sensitivity labs. So it was just not like, hey, we're going to work you out. It's like, we're going to bring science into this Love and it. we're going to figure out what your body needs. And I just start to fall in love with that process. And then that's when I jumped into a little bit more of the longevity side. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I know a lot about the mechanics of the body. Now let me like learn more internally about the body, about at a cell level. Like, first of all, what are mitochondria? Like, why do we need them? Could we live without them? How do, how do you create energy, right? Through ATP production, through the mitochondria, through the py pyruvate cycle. It's like, and then as you just keep, asking questions mm -hmm. you feeling keep, back the layers yeah you keep discovering all this information and then when you're looking at the body as a whole both inside and out you'll first know that you'll never know anything so if somebody is very dogmatic in their belief system of like no this is what you eat this is what you do um, i'll be very careful mm. um, and make sure that you understand the body a little bit deeper before you go and into your the, body specifically your body specific yeah because that's so important. Like everyone's body is so different based on our ancestors and our lineage and where we came from. We're going to process things completely different. And every single quarter, our body is going to be changing too. the bacteria in our gut, the gut lining mm -hmm. changes as well. So it's a constant battle that you'll never know all the answers to, but it's a fun puzzle that you'll never solve. And then that just got me curious. Um, and I've been on this like probably the last maybe six to seven years constantly learning about mm -hmm. longevity. I want to learn about health span and lifespan. So how do you increase your health span? How do you increase your lifespan? Because when I'm 80, I want to be able to go snowboarding and I want to be able to hang out with my grandkids and be able to run around. Right. And I and then what do you do? You look at people that are that age that are crushing life. And I have a friend George who's like and I think he's 70 75, 74, 75 around there. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's, he doesn't run marathons. He runs ultra marathons. Oh man. And people aren't like, oh, that's like inspiring. I'm like, no, this no. dude's quick. Dude, like he <laughs> smokes me. Like we go run, we, we have a running club on Tuesdays that we used to do. And, uh, he would just smoke me. He is fast Wow. and he has energy and he dances and he writes poetry and he moves his body and he runs ultra marathons. And like for his like 73rd birthday, he ran like a 50 miler. And I'm just Sheesh. like okay, so it's possible. What are you doing? How do you treat your body? And then when you look at all the things that are going to kill us, which I mean, we're going to, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be some type of cardiovascular disease, mm -hmm. neurogenitive disease, cancer, um, or some type of accident. So then you look at all those components and you just back from those like reverse engineer, like what would have to be true for me to delay these things? Because they're, Inevitable. Even in centurions, these people who live 100 years, they'll die from one of those things. So mm -hmm. it's going to come, but it's just that process of delaying it. And then you have to ask yourself, why do I want to delay it? Mm -hmm. Well, because I love life and I want to experience life to the fullest. If, if I'm bedridden at 80 years old and it's a trouble for me to get down the stairs, that's going to be tough for me to find, you know, 
why I want to keep going. Yeah. Uh, so, and then it's all directly impacted how you treat your body now. Right. Which will then, when you get older, you will pay for everything that you've done to your body when you get to a later age. And I try and tell people that now because when you're in your 60s, 70s, or 80s, I mean, it's the the curve that hits mm. of deterioration of your body and the inability to gain new lean muscle mass. It accelerates. Like, yeah. like you would add a clip that it's like un, it's like a unstoppable. It's basically going from like a slow a slow jog to like a Formula One race car. Wow. Like it's like that wow. gnarly. And then it'll it'll be completely correlated to how you treated your body when you're younger. Mm, interesting. So I I want to hear more about the the end game that you have in mind for this. But before that, was the personal training that you you got into was that before <coughs> Carmax or after Carmax? It was before Carmax. It was before Carmax, which was nice because it was actually very similar to Carmax. Like it was a very big company. They had tons of systems and structures. Like this is this system. This is how you mm. run it. Here's the team that you're on. You have your weekly team meetings. You have your mission statement. Here's, this is lifetime. Yeah, yeah, like just dialed. dialed so in. when I went to CarMax, I was like, "Oh, it's another one you of those." You plug into it, right? Yep. So then you go to CarMax for five, six, five years, and yep. then you end up doing something right at CarMax, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I went into CarMax first year at CarMax, became one of the top sales associates in CarMax went into the highest level of sales in CarMax in 11 months, which is President's Club, and then uh, transitioned into management. And what, the funny thing about that was <clears throat> I was like two pay periods away from getting my President's Club um, like status, and they actually offered me the job. They're like, hey, we want you to go into the sales manager and training program, mm -hmm. which is a three-month program that a lot of people don't even pass. But they're like, we want to offer that to you. And I was like, I'm about to get into President's Club. I, ha I have to wait like three more weeks. Right. And they're like, no, like you don't understand when you're a manager, none of that matters. But what mattered to me was when you get in President's Club, you get a name tag. And underneath your name, it says Dakota Lontair President's Club. And I knew because I was younger that I look young. And although I carry presence about me, I have to know what I'm talking about. And right. if I had that name tag, it would carry some weight to it. So I pushed them three weeks, got president's club status, went into this sales manager and training program, crush it, became like one of the youngest managers. I was the youngest manager there for a while um, and then went to do that for the next four years. So good. Do you yeah. still have that name tag? 100%. It's that's in my car. <laughs> it's in my car right now. Wow. I yeah. got to see it. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah so that's i i don't know why that thing it just it just mattered to me yeah and then when i would speak to my associates mind you i was managing people who were upwards of even 70 years old was the oldest guy i managed mm. um and there's a lot of people who are 40 50 60 and if they're sitting across the table from me they they have to say what does he know right that i don't know right and if they're not in presence club well first of all a few things obviously mm -hmm. but really just getting to learn about them as a person was mm -hmm. the most important part. Cause when I went in guns blazing, I was like systems policy, this, that. And then I was just like, Oh, this is just a human being. Right. And I have to learn about what drives them yep. before we could even move forward with how to drive a metric. Mm -hmm. So after, after CarMax, after your time at CarMax wrapped, then what? Yeah. So then CarMax left and then I was like, okay, this was when, <clears throat> I faced a lot of uh, trauma in my life. Mm. I went through a very traumatic experience, um, which I won't dive too much into today, but with you know, 
somebody who I was like, thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. Mm. Sure. For the people that are listening, really will 100% relate to this. You're like, this is my soulmate. Right. And then life has a different story for mm. you. And uh, that broke me in every single way that I could possibly explain. And when I was done, I was just a piece of myself. And uh, that was really hard for me to even live day to day. And what I learned from that situation is I gave that person my soul Mm. to hold. And that wasn't fair to them. Mm. And that's me taking ownership of that. Your soul is something that you share with somebody as you're holding it. And you never give it away to somebody. And because I gave it away and that person dropped it, then I was broken. Yeah. And that was like. Powerful takeaway. How did you yeah. come to learn that? <clears throat> Man, that, that was a journey and Doozy. a half. Yeah. <clears throat> that took a couple years of just uh, deep work with myself. But I ended up, uh, because of this whole experience that transpired, I was like, okay, I need to um, literally just leave everything that I know. And that was kind of part of that mm-hmm. process. There was this uh, mantra that I learned or a saying that I learned from a book of a spiritual teacher that I follow very closely. Her name is Pema Chodron. She's a mm-hmm. Tibetan Buddhist monk. Uh, she's gotten me through my worst times mm-hmm. um, and through my best times. But for anyone who's listening, who's going through anything whatsoever, who just wants to expand their mind, please, I'm telling you right now, get this book, When Things Fall Apart. Heart Advice for Difficult Times by Pema Chodron. Uh, the audio version is absolutely amazing. Um, the person who uh, reads it is amazing. Perfect. But, but I read that book and then she said something. She said, only to the extent that we expose ourselves over and over again to complete annihilation can we find that which is in us that is indestructible. So then I took it like only through annihilating my human physical form. Over and over and over again, can I find my true energy and essence at at the core? And I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't have a spirit. Like when people saw me, I was a shell of myself and I was just trying to get through the day. Um, And I was working out like a fiend, which was the only thing that kind of kept me balanced. Um, But I was like, man, I need to not put things back on. I need to just destroy everything and annihilate everything and see what's left. And there's probably a lot of me left, you know? So then I left the corporate world. I went to South America. Uh, I bought a one-way ticket. I got a backpack. And I just, I was gone. And my sister dropped me off at the airport. And first of all, I had never even traveled before other than going on vacation. Mm. So like, yeah, when people are like, I've been here and there. I've been to some places. I've traveled. I've gone to cool places. I've never like traveled just like, just like solo left. backpack and just yeah. with no yeah i had no idea where no i was agenda. gonna go yeah and i was just like okay and i'm alone and i was sitting in the airport with my backpack on and uh i just was in line and my sister's with me and i was just i was just crying and she was looking at me and she, my sister's like one of my best friends in the world and she's like hugging me and she's just like so compassionate and empathetic and she was just basically like it will be okay. Like we, we love you. And you know, this is, this is supposed to happen. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go. And, and then I just left and I went on that plane (laughs) and I was gone for just over three months alone. And I learned a lot during that time about all the things that I wasn't. Mm. And I went through a lot of experiences, um, that challenged me and my mind, 
um, different ceremonies, uh, silent retreats. And basically I was on this quest to just basically annihilate everything I thought I was and to put my mind in challenging positions to see what came out of it. And uh, that I didn't say, man, I came back and I was this new person because then everyone's like, that's what I need to do. It was like, man, it was so much work after that of integration of what where I the work learned, really starts of like the, the day, day in, day out. Like I, I tried so hard with this cross that I was carrying to leave it behind mm -hmm. only to find out that it was always going to be with me. Mm. That scar was mine and that was mine to carry. And I was just like, man, I can never, this is just part of my story. And I was okay with that. And, uh, I've gone on to, you know, speak to this person and we have, you know, a, a good relation. We have a lot of love and support for each other, mm -hmm. um, with how everything transpired. We wish each other well. And then it's like, okay, well, when you come back from an experience like that, it's like, who are you now? And what do you believe in? What's your compass? Those compass questions that we talked about, that, that's how that came about. So it wasn't just me like reading like a cool thing in a book. No, it was out of necessity because I was like going through it. Mm. And then I came back and I was like, okay, two things are, are going to happen. I'm either going to work for somebody for free that I want mentorship from, um, that I'm directly driven by, or I'm going to become a general manager. And I do that because I do have a very logical, analytical part of my brain. I live a lot in my frontal lobe. Um, and I was like, okay, those are the two things. And whatever comes first, we'll figure it out. And then I'm like, just about to work at Peloton um, up in Pasadena. Wow. And I'm like, sweet. It's Peloton. It's a corporate company. They run Salesforce. I know their lingo. I, I chopped it up with a couple guys there. I'm like, sweet, this is a path for sure. And it's a new path, right? It was a forward thinking thought. And so I, I came back from South America. I go to Peloton, uh, go through like six rounds of interviews, shadow at their store, go to their location. But it was in Pasadena. And I just wasn't sure if I wanted to be in Pasadena. Yeah. So I was like, there's a little bit of like uh, uncertainty from me. And I was a little bit flaky in my decision making. And they kind of sensed that. They're like, all right, they pulled it off the table. Mm. And I was like, eh, I, I, didn't, I wasn't like, oh, no, that's how I knew I wasn't that vested into it. Sure. And then uh, what was funny is then uh, that person actually reached out back to me at that point in time. And was like, which I don't even know if you know this part mm. of the story. Um, don't. Which this will be interesting yeah. to get into a little bit. But uh, I, I figured if I was going to be on here, I was going to share some things. Um, when that got uh, pulled, I was like, cool, no worries. And then this person was like, hey, um, I want to spend my life with you. And I was just like, everything that I wanted to hear, she's like, you've done so much work for us over the last two years. You've never, you know you've seen my darkest points, my shadow side, you've never left me, you never, you know, so let me do the work. He's like, instead of let, uh, us meeting halfway, because you've done so much work, she said, you just stay where you are, and I'll come to you. Because if I'm one thing, like, I, I love people who show effort mm. in relationships, like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, show up, I'm gonna go out of my way to, like, I remember one time I flew out there, rented a car, drove up two hours in a blizzard with front wheel drive just to get a cup of tea with her. For an hour yeah but that shows that effort like hey i'm i'm all in um and then she said all of that and i was like oh my god this is it like okay what do you want to do she lives in boulder colorado and i was like all right well 
She's like, come out to Boulder. My lease ends here. And then after my lease ends, I'll come out to San Diego, where, where she's from, and we could figure this out. I'm like, you know, you know me. I'm like, an executor. I'm like, bet. So book yeah. a ticket, go there, meet her. We're like, we're going to figure this out. I'm going to like lay out our timeline, how we execute on the timeline. And uh, we meet the first day. And it actually doubled as a um, surprise birthday party for my best friend, uh, Jeff. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Jeff Stinson. Shout out Jeff. Yeah, he's an amazing human being. And uh, uh, his girlfriend called me. She's like, hey, can you be in town for his surprise birthday party? And we grew up together. Uh, and we grew up snowboarding together. And I was like, yeah, like let, I'm going to come out. Let's go snowboarding. Let's surprise him. Let's do the whole thing. And then that, the girl was like, hey, can you come out? And like, let's figure this out. So I was like, this is perfect. Get to go see my best friend, right? To go celebrate with him. And I get, you know. Go get the girl. The, the love of my, yep. my soulmate, as I thought. But that was just a story I've been telling myself, which is very dangerous. You are your soulmate. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So I keep having to remind myself of that. But go there. Day one, we love on each other. It's phenomenal. I'm amped. Tons of energy. I cruise down the next day to Colorado Springs. Uh, and I surprise him at dinner. And he's just floored, couldn't be happier. And then we take him to a uh, paintball um, thing. And we, he's like, what do you guys want to do tonight? And we're like, let's just grab a couple of drinks. Everyone that he hit up was busy because we were surprising him. So he's like kind of bumming, but we're like, yeah. And then we like pull into this parking lot and it's just this like random building. And it, he's like, I think they're closed. And then we like walk in. There's like 40 Everybody's people there. all got paintball guns ready so to go. Good. So we paintball all night. And then the next morning... We're like, dude, we're going snowboarding. And he's like, yes. So we jump in the car. We hadn't rode together in like a year or two. So we're like so excited. That's like how we bonded in the first place. And we jump in the car, drive up there. Everything's perfect. Second run of the day. He's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, he's like, do you want to hit up like the park, the train park? And that's what we run laps usually when we were younger. I'm like, let's go to the train park, like always. So then we're cruising down to the train park. And uh, he's like, do you want to go th ride through the trees? Um, and I'm like, not right now. I just want to like beeline it and go like yeah. 60 miles per hour to just feel that rush again. So I was like, cool. So he's cruising with me and to shorten the story to he had an accident, uh, riding right next to me and he ended up hitting a tree Ooh. and it paralyzed him no. from the chest down. Oh. And that was bar none one of the most traumatic experiences oh. to be with my best friend and then to see all this unfold in front of my eyes like oh my i was goodness. a wreck i called my sister just like she's like what she thought i was dying oh my goodness and then now he's experiencing so th that just rocked my world yeah and then i go back to see this person and she's like oh my god like i can't believe all these things just happened so i'm like let me stay out here for like another week so I could go to hospital yeah. and be there for my friend. I stayed, I think, for like a week and a half or two weeks. Um, and then during that time, uh, she was going through her own stuff. But she, there was this sense of like closed offness from me. Mm. And she got really scared that that was like something just wasn't clicking for us mm. anymore. But I was really emotionally dead yeah. because I just saw my best friend become paralyzed. Yeah, And uh, she was like, hey, it's... I think it's best if we part ways. Wow. So then I left Colorado with my best friend's life changed oh, and I lost her again. No girl. And I was like, 
Wow, man. It's like you you thought you hit the rock bottom oh before and then it was like, oh, wait, wait for it. It picked me up so high after everything I learned right. just to crush me. And I was like, that's it. Like whatever is a forward thinking progression, I'm doing. So I put uh, my resume out, GM position uh, for a gym, uh, Hardcore Fitness mm -hmm. uh, in North County. They reached out to me, interviewed with them, and they're like, hey, we uh, want you to be our general manager. And I was like, done. Yeah. Like, Send it. I'm going. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get my life back mm -hmm. on track. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then so then I became the general manager. And then two weeks later, COVID hit. <laughs> and then I had to run that gym during COVID. Uh, every challenge possible for gym owners and try and still keep up with everything. And I just saw it like, man, this is just that adversity coming at you again. So just get through it. And then the guy who owned the gym, uh, his name is Nate. He's one of the uh, mm -hmm. co-owners of the gym. We connected a lot from like a business standpoint. And then as we got to know each other a little bit more from a personal level, and then I told him about this company that I wanted to start. And then he was just like, man, like that sounds awesome. Uh, here's what I could do as value adds. And then we we're like, all right, let's become partners. So this is his eighth company, my first entrepreneurial company. So I leave the gym world. Now I'm starting my own company. And enter Tasty Treats. Yes, enter Tell Tasty Treats. Tell the world treats. about Tasty yes, Treats. The world needs to know. So Tasty Treats uh, is really what it, Tasty Treats is for a consumer. Yeah. It's a guilt-free alternative to your favorite sugary treats. Ours come in the form of protein donuts. So we call them pronuts. Um, it's amazing. Less than three grams of sugar. We use monk fruit, gluten-free flour, vegan protein, vegan butter they taste so good too by yes. the way might i add <laughs> yes definitely try a tasty yeah. treat uh and it just kind of came back to that point of like have your cake and eat it too like yeah. we could create products that taste good that are probably better tasting than protein bars because those are pretty boring and i wanted to give somebody something to where they can eat it feel satiated while not actually raising their blood glucose levels because mm -hmm. i know how much damage that has and how much addiction people have with sugar so I'm like, give them the alternative. So we created this company. We built the software that actually runs the company. And then we became marketing. Um, we actually market for gyms and nutrition stores with our donuts. We give away free donuts within a three-mile radius to people on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. We drive traffic into our uh, vendors, nutrition stores, and gyms. The consumers get to try awesome products uh, that are guilt-free. And then our software that we built out. We have three front-facing apps, software portals on the back end. That was a nightmare to build, but it was great. A really incredible product you have now. Oh, yeah. phenomenal. And uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. And now we're actually taking this software, we're white labeling it to other consumer-based good companies to help automate their companies through software. That's great. So that was like the whole gist. And when people ask me to, which will kind of tie in now to more of like the infinite, mm -hmm. is people are like, well, what what like what made you want to jump into these things and do all this different stuff like do you love software and like i love systems and structures which that's what software is in the coding world um when you do one thing it, it creates this whole entire flow mm -hmm. and then this whole system works um i love uh people being allowed to eat a donut and not feel bad about it right um and i love to promote brick and mortar locations and bring more people through their front door so like those are things i love is it something that I'm deeply passionate about? No. And that's okay. Like so many people are like, which I love, and they're like, hey, follow and find your passion. But then also too, you have to monetize things as well. So I see this whole company right now and all the amazing things it has. It's a finite game. 
And the way I define a finite game is it's a game with a means to an end. Mm. I'm simply playing it because I know at some point it's going to end, right? You don't play, I mean, this is a kind of a cop-out answer, but like uh, being a father is not a finite game. That's an infinite game. Like you will always play that game till the day you die. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you find those things, that's, there's so much sustainability in that. So then when I, when I saw this structure, I was like, it's a consumer-based good company that could be scalable. Um, it's a value add to our gyms and nutrition stores. And then we could white label out software and we can create uh, our monetization through credit card processing on the mm -hmm, back end. Mm -hmm. And then we can sell that all off in five years, three to five. I'm an ambitious person, so I'm going after it. Um, but then when that happens, what that will do is that will go on to fund my infinite game which my infinite game full circle. Yep. Infinite games are games you play with no means to an end. You simply pay it for the sake of gameplay. If you play a basketball game at the end of the, the time, the scoreboard will say who won or who lost. Infinite games, there is no scoreboard. There is no winners or losers. You're simply just playing for the sake of gameplay. And what my infinite game is, is human performance and longevity. So I want to own my own human performance longevity lab and basically be my own scientist, but I need to fund that and I don't want to monetize that. Right. We'll basically double as a media production company. Everything that we learn in that facility, we will give out to mm. people for free, which somehow some weird way doing that will probably get us more money. Yeah, than we exactly. Know. Exactly. That's the way it works. But I could care less if I make a dime from that. Right. And then I just want to make sure that I have all these finite cash engines coming in so that I'm not acting from a place of scarcity. Totally. And I'm not like trying to sell a package. First of all, it's not for the general public. It's it's my facility for to bring in my friends and family. Yes, sir. So we can learn about Best our believe. brains and bodies. Yeah. <laughs> which is why we're still connecting. He's like just waiting. He's like, dude, did you yeah, are you dude, there yet? Where's where's it at? We're yeah. waiting for it. <laughs> so we'll learn about the brain, the body, we'll do neuroscans, uh, we'll mm. do we'll do every type of analysis you can think of, and we'll have amazing conversations. When you have a facility like that and you begin to network in that capacity, oh, yeah. you'll be like a spider web that will bring in the brightest minds into your chair. Totally. So then you don't have to go out and seek them out. They'll come to you. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I, I'm so much, I love what you're saying here and, and the idea of the the finite game versus the infinite game. Like, And I think it's important, especially for our generation to understand, like if you're playing a, a, a game, a finite game, if you're if you're in a job that you, you there's not a career job, or it's not the end game. That's OK. Yes. Like, that's OK. If 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 you see how it's a stepping stone and you can and you can be aware of that. Yes. And, and, and I think that when you can get clarity in what that infinite game is and what brings you so much joy and what you want to eventually be focusing all of your time and energy into then it really provides purpose to what it is you're doing. A hundred percent. And two people get so caught up in like when they're working their nine to five and there's all these people are like, no, you got to find your infinite now. It's like these finite games can be vehicles. Yes. So see them as vehicles and then just find out like a strategy of like, how can I leverage this finite game to fund my infinite? And what I do ask for people who don't know their infinite game, that's okay. Um, but I, I always tell people, if I gave you hundred million dollars tomorrow hundred million dollars like, really yep deposit in your account now guess what you've already traveled the world right. you've already helped out your family you've you've done it you yeah. bought your boat you've all the things that people say right now what do you spend your time learning about what how what impact are you what service are you trying to give to people 
And within those, there's a lot of infinite things that you might not even be thinking about. That's the infinite game. That That is. So pro, So for everyone who's listening, just process that. Like, man, if I had $100 million yeah. and I did all the normal things that people want to do with that money, but at the end of the day, I did all of that. What do I want to learn about? How do I want to be of service? And how do I want to go about my life? And then there's so many infinite components and then just start to dive into those and then find out how you can build these finite games to fund that. I love that. You know, and that's so much of the approach that I've taken here with this podcast and with find the others. And it's been very important to me and, and sure there's been monetization opportunities, but not with the podcast specifically yet. Well, there has been, but I won't dig into that story, but, uh, with, with doing retreats or stuff through the find the others or workshops, um, and it's certainly been certainly been a viable component for for me. But this is this is such an infinite game and a long term play and an end game where I, I like I, I even if I had the opportunity to go full time into it right now, I wouldn't because, like you said, the way that I'm able to show up for this out of a pure place of passion, out of a no need to monetize it is amazing. And why I'm grateful for the other businesses that I work on and which would be my quote unquote day job and the, sure. the finite game that that is, is because it can allow me to invest in the great equipment and yes. hire my dude Ashish and Venkat. Shout out to Ashish and Venkat. I know you're listening to this right now. Let's to, go. to be able to <laughs> to edit and make this beautiful sounding thing and to to hire the people to do the things or to hire the videographer to go make this this documentary, this piece of content. So exactly. I, I think that that's a big and obviously I'm biased because I'm doing this, but yep. but but I've done both things where I've gone full in on one way or the other. But I and I see some of my friends doing this also, but being able to like leverage i have a friend ryland and he's an amazing photographer he's taking he took both of these photos he's oh, actually love it. Yeah. coming down to visit tomorrow which i'm stoked about but awesome and he's listening to this right now too i'm sure so he 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 took he works corporate finance job sure and he could have every reason to be like i'm not fulfilled by this i'm not passionate by this but he takes it and he shows up he does a great job at it he's fine he's aligned ways to be aligned with it and then he's able to use that to invest into his photography business on the side Very and cool. give him stability to, to build a photography business and do a presence. And he's yep. building that into a viable income stream now, which is Good. amazing. Yeah, that's so amazing. It's not it doesn't have to be black or white. Yes, exactly. That's why we have to be very careful. <clears throat> First of all, in your finite uh, games, there's infinite games within your finite, too. So it's not like it's just one sided too. Right, good point. Like, sure, I'm building these businesses, but there's a lot of great things that I actually enjoy about the process um, that are, that are infinite. Um, people are like, like when you know, in the in the car world too. When I was managing a team, well, I get to sit down and I get to learn about people's lives. I get to develop them through the knowledge that I know. Now, am I like, man, do I love you know helping people sell cars? No, but I love learning how to develop people. Yeah. So that's an infinite within the finite. So just make right. sure you find those infinites within your finite. And then, like you said, too, it doesn't have to be black and white. Mm-hmm. There could be this ebb and flow and this balance of the two. Um, that is like just like what your friend's doing right now, too. Like that's amazing, like epic photos. Like he obviously has an eye for it and he's passionate about it. Yeah. And he's and he's going for it, but he's also doing it in a way keeping these finite games, too. Right. And I just have a lot of respect for those people. Absolutely. I agree. Because. When you can when you can cover rent at the end of the day and know that it's like cool I can pay rent I can get my groceries covered I can do that and then you can use that as and in the that to invest into the things that you're passionate about some of these longer term plays it's yeah. a, it's a brilliant thing one of the things that I would always share with 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 coaches or people who were starting their business early entrepreneurs that that were still working at a corporate job is when they would view their corporate job as like, this is taking up all my time and, and I want to leave this corporate job. It's like, think of your corporate job as your biggest client. 
That's a, that is one of your clients in your own business. Yes, and that's yes. a client you're contracted for a full year. And guess what? You have a guaranteed amount. They're going to pay you every single month. You're going to get that paycheck. Yep. And yep. you got to show up for these hours. But it's just, it's one client in the business that is your life. Yes. And that's such a profound shift when I, when I learned that myself too, of just view, like mm. you are the CEO of your own life. Yep. And yeah, you might work somewhere that might take up a lot of your time and a lot of your energy, but but it's still your life. And that's something that you've opted into. You've chosen. Yes. You've said yes to that, yeah. right? Yeah. So it was a good shift that I, that I thought was pertinent to this. I like that shift. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, where's your biggest chunk of money coming from? Well, this person, well, that, then that's a client that's that's feeding you and putting things on the table. So treat it as such, do good work. Right. And then find like anywhere you go, like do your best work. You know what I mean? Like when I went into personal training, I was the youngest personal training on my staff too. And then when I went into CarMax, I had to be top in sales. And then I wanted to be the youngest uh, manager. And like, no matter where I go, I'm just going to try and just like put in my best effort. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, that's all you have is just like, be, be a hard worker, mm. not somebody who works hard right? Somebody who works hard, it's like they'll work hard when they get the transactional outcome they're looking for. If Ooh, you're just like a that. hard worker, it's just what you do. Yeah. It's, a, it's who you are. It's a trait of who you are. It's how yeah. you express yourself. Yeah. And and when there's self-identity attached to that too, and anytime that you get praise for being a hard worker or for um, mining your health and fitness too, and you get praise for that, that's going to just keep reaffirming that belief system and that structure for you to keep doing those things. So it's... It, I noticed too, like the biggest things in people's lives are like, sometimes it's just so hard to like get in shape or mm -hmm. lose weight or to get on that, that journey. Cause for some people it could be such a journey and I've seen it all. The, the first personal training client I've ever had, her name was Daisy Nehmeyer. I think I was 19 years old mm. and I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And sh sure enough, she's they gave her to me. So I didn't sell her. They gave her to me. And she, they're like, hey, this person's on like her last two sessions. Her trainer just left to go to a different job, you know, did his two weeks and everything. She needs a trainer. She only has two sessions left and we need to re-get her on a package. And she's 383 pounds. Wow. And she's female and she's probably like, I don't know, five, seven. Wow. And then I meet her and she's just a beautiful soul. And I'm like, wow. And I'm just this young kid. Yeah. And the first training session we have, we're just doing some basic uh, stuff, looking at her alignment and everything. And then she's doing this like stand up, push up thing just to see like some muscle strength. She just busts down crying. And wow. she tells me that her husband tried to commit suicide the night before. Oh, man. And she has an eight-year-old son. Ugh. And her husband's in just about as shape as she is. And she's 383 pounds and she's on the brink of death too, weighing oh. like that. And I'm 19 and I'm just like, okay, I guess this is like my job now. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, man, it's like such a journey. And then I ended up to sell her a package. She didn't have any much money at all too, which made it so much worse. She decided that she was going to use that little bit of money that she had to save her own life because that's the only way that she could save her kid's life. Yeah. yeah. And she wanted to buy a bed for her son mm. for her his uh, like eighth birthday. Wow. And... I was able to talk her to buy a personal training package instead of the bed. Because if she didn't, if she bought the bed, she couldn't see me and focus on her health. She didn't have the discipline or the motivation yet herself. So she had to rent it from me. So I was like, you have to come see me and we have to figure this out or else you're not going to be there for your son's mm. 13th birthday. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was Dude. just like, and 
I was 19. I was going to say, bro, as a 19-year-old kid, to be able to hold that conviction and that, like, that strength of frame and that strength of of being an, an ally and a companion, that's pretty intense. Yeah, and I think that comes down to just, like, traumas that we go through, too. Like, mm. man, growing up, you know, I went through a lot of challenges and adversity, and people, when they look at me at face value, too, they're like, oh, you know, they make up a story about me. For sure. And I'm like, man, the things that I've been through are just gnarly and you know we lived paycheck to paycheck Mm. and uh had alcoholism in our family and uh a lot of broken things Mm. and uh i was like i could either see this and follow that path or i can see this and be like how can this make me a better version of myself and then how do i make sure that i go on a different path and help other people there too beautiful yeah dude this is amazing and I have no doubt that we could continue to talk for hours yeah. and hours on end. Be I like wanna midnight. Yeah, exactly. And we're gonna go do that. We're gonna go grab a bite after and yes. just keep keep diving deeper. For but sure. We'll to talk leave, some business. Exactly. To leave the listeners here, we'll drop them off and put a nice little bow on it. Um, Dakota, thank you so much, bro. Do you have anything that you wanna share with the listeners as we wrap? Yeah, I would say that this for me was uh just something that's been resonating for me today too was uh I guess Kobe Bryant was talking about in his book, but people don't understand when they see a success, not only all the work that got put into it, but who helped them along their journey. And it takes literally a tribe of people, of your best friends, your family members, your support system gets you to that level of success. So behind every successful person is hundreds of people that played a part that you don't even get to see that sacrificed their time that put in that extra bit of effort that made that connection for that person. So I would just challenge people to like, first of all, look at all the people behind you that you've stood on their shoulders to help you, you know, see a better vantage point. And then to also make sure that you're giving back to people in that capacity to make them successful in whatever their life vision is. Beautiful. Coda, I'm grateful to be uh, to to have you supporting me on my journey and to yes. be there to support you on yours as well. Much love, brother. Yeah, love Thanks you. Thanks for coming on. And uh, until next time, we'll definitely have you on soon. Got it. <laughs>